0: My identity was tied to that job. My self-worth was tied to that. My everything was tied to that job. I was a corporate professional and I was a mother. I wasn't Michaela and because of kind of the unfairness actually that was recognized across the, the company, they gave me another job, which I'm grateful for, but it wasn't really a job I wanted. And it, you know, it's like, well, thanks for kind of humiliating me and making me feel like everything I've done over the last 15 years wasn't enough. Because why? Life is just harder for me. <laughs> <laughs> but then in terms of that transformation, like it was uh, my daughter. And so she at one point was like, mommy, like, why are you so devastated? Like, why are you mourning this? You haven't been happy for years. And I was like, whoa.
1: Welcome, friends. You're listening to The Hook with Sarah Larson, a podcast that's curious about disruption and how it affects our personal lives, our careers, and the people around us. I'm your host, Sarah Larson, a business coach and serial entrepreneur, and someone who's currently getting over a cold. So... Please forgive my scratchy voice. With each episode, I'm bringing you conversations to inspire, whether you're curious about starting a business, just beginning your journey as a business owner, or are a veteran entrepreneur. In today's episode, we have the incredible Michaela Silcox joining us to discuss the delicate balance of career and motherhood. Michaela is a health, wellness, and mindset coach who empowers women to overcome self-doubt and live a fulfilling life. Throughout our conversation, Michaela shares her experience and insights on the challenges women face in turning their visions into reality while juggling the demands of work, family, and societal expectations. Michaela emphasizes the importance of giving oneself grace and not striving for perfection. She reminds us that it's not just about achieving tangible milestones, but more importantly, focusing on how these accomplishments will make us feel. Through her own journey, Michaela has learned the power of self-reflection and looking inward before looking outward, a lesson she now passes on to her daughter. She shares the struggles of losing her job right before the move from Southern California to Southeast Virginia, leaving her identity and self-worth tied to her career. Michaela's realization that she wanted her daughter to know that she deserves happiness and the ability to make her own choices sparked profound transformation in her mindset. Throughout the episode, Michaela's strengths as a passionate motivator and creative thinker shine through. Join me as Michaela inspires and motivates us to honor ourselves, find joy in our own pursuits, and embrace our gifts and strengths. Whether you're a working mom, a career-driven individual, or simply navigating the complexities of life, this episode will provide invaluable guidance and encouragement. So grab your headphones and get ready for an empowering discussion on balancing career and motherhood with Michaela Silcox. Stay tuned. The hook is about to be thrown. Before we get into the episode, I want to quickly share something with you. Since January of this year, I've been doing a weekly planning session with a good friend. We haven't missed a single week, despite travel and life's disruptions, because we've discovered how much it helps us get things done. Even if I don't follow my plan every single day, I at least know what I have coming up. It's helped me so much, I decided to host a planning session so others can reap the same benefits. You're invited to join me for a weekly plan with me on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. I'm calling it Breakfast Blend because I love coffee, but it's a come-as-you-are Zoom session. So bring your drink of choice. Come-as-you-are, no makeup required, PJs and bedhead are welcome. We start by celebrating our wins for the previous week. We have a little bit of quiet time where we put ourselves on mute to do some planning and then come back together to talk about what we have coming up. Come join me Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern. Oh, did I mention it's free? And just in case you're one of those people that thinks they don't have any wins to celebrate, I'm going to show you how to find them. So come anyway. I send out the Zoom details every Sunday morning by email. So look for the sign-up link in the show notes. larson i'm your host sarah larson and i'm really excited about my guest today michaela silcox michaela will you tell us a little bit about yourself
0: yes i would love to but first sarah i just want to thank you so much for bringing me on your podcast i have gotten so much from listening to the stories and the connections you forged with other entrepreneurs. It's really created a community that I have learned so much and actually normalized some of the problems and (laughs) issues with being an entrepreneur, realizing it's not
1: just me. (laughs) Yes, that is really why I wanted to start this podcast um, and why it kind of went in the direction that it did, because I just know that when you're an entrepreneur, it can be really lonely, especially yes. when you're first starting out <laughs> yes. and you think that you're the only one going through those things. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to hear that because that means that it's working. Yes, it's working,
0: thank you. Like you have created a community for me to kind of share my experience and almost, I don't want to say give myself a break but realize that this is a hard journey and yeah. it is so worth it in the end
1: but Yeah, but you, but it's okay to give yourself some grace yes. in that nothing has to be perfect. If you screw something up, it doesn't mean the end of your business. Yes. Yes,
0: and that is We've all done it. Yes, and that is like a just like a rock, right? That yeah. kind of gives reason every day to wake up and be able to focus on really what I want to focus on, which is helping women.
1: Well thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I appreciate it. So what you you help women. Yes. So what is it that you're doing now? Yes.
0: So um, I'm a health, wellness and mindset coach and I specialize in helping women banish feelings of self-doubt to live a more fulfilling life. I and yes, I am incredibly passionate about it. And what I work on with women is really motivating them to connect with their strengths. And what I found is that we all have this vision, right, of what we want our life to be, what we wanna do, how we wanna feel, potentially, is the most important. But we struggle to actually make it a reality. And so many conversations with women, what I've noticed is, um, so there's two questions that I like to ask when I'm talking to women. The first is, what is holding you back from achieving this reality that is in your head, but you can't quite bring it to life. And one of the things that I found is there's three answers that come up with 98% of women, time, money, we can all relate to. Yeah. But the big one is the third one, and is really just, well, myself. Like, I have an idea of what I need. I just don't know how to give it to myself. Oh. And yes, and so by really understanding kind of the – the journey that we as women go through especially balancing careers balancing family balancing ideals that other people place on us like we can oftentimes get lost on what we should be doing and what we want to be doing and more importantly having the goals be not necessarily achieving a tangible milestone but how we want to feel when we reach that goal because so often and i can speak personally from my own journey like I've achieved goals so many times, but it always felt a little lackluster because I didn't feel the way I thought I would feel. Yeah,
1: oh, I love that. All right, well, we're gonna, we're gonna find out how you got to that yes. point and why <laughs> that is so, why your journey there is helping you with this um, new endeavor. Uh, why don't you tell us where you grew up and what was your childhood like? Yeah,
0: certainly. So I um, grew up, I was born in Northern California. Um, We were there for about two years, and then we moved to Texas. We were there for six, then back to California, then to Louisiana, then back to California. No, we're not military. I (laughs) I was going to ask that. that, I'm an oil baby.
1: (laughs) Wow, I didn't realize that California was so much oil
0: yes yeah actually so my dad worked for chevron and actually he's a great inspiration he retired from chevron with over 40 years
1: wow
0: (laughs) the same company he had actually started as a male boy believe it or not and we do have some family history with chevron Um, my dad's uncle actually um, helped when this was way beyond before any of our times but they used to be standard oil then they kind of went into others Regardless, so my uncle had a leadership position, as you know, we kind of that broke up that monopoly, and so he started working there. And it took us; we went from he worked several places in the Bay Area, Texas, back, and you know, I think people understand Louisiana, Texas a little bit more. Right. But um, he actually the end of well, not the end, but one of the the, when we moved back there, there there's a big distribution plant. Okay. They actually once i went to college my parents actually did two years in china as well oh wow so, yeah so oil it's a big moving industry just like the military You're no
1: kidding so you moved around a ton what was that like yeah. for you yeah
0: so i think it was hard for me and i'm an only child as well and okay. so there weren't brothers or sisters to kind of rely on and maybe feel kind of myself around and yeah. so I look back now and I honestly very much appreciate the experience, but going through it, it was incredibly hard for me. I was always a bit more of an introvert um, and I kind of would be probably lean more towards like a depressive mood than kind of overly enthusiastic, which balancing those two because I definitely have the capacity to be both yeah. <laughs> was, you know, something I've worked on, but it was always just felt harder for me. And I was a great student. You know, I played many a sports. I wouldn't necessarily say I was the best at any, but that's okay, right? Okay. Um, but overall, you know, I was a great friend. But for some reason, everywhere I went, I had this perception that, it was just harder for me and i saw what other people had and it was like i'm kind of doing the same things like i'm going to this you know and this is i'm playing the same games at recess i you yeah. know anything to i'm going to the same parties to i'm taking the same classes like why are they smiling all the time and i find it to be so hard and the crazy thing it now that i look back on it is like i was a. know I I had a great life I knew I had a great life you know being an only child definitely had advantages on that (laughs) yeah that regards Um, you know I had normal difficulties with you know kind of my mother at certain times and things like that but it was just something I couldn't articulate in the time to really even know how to deal with these feelings that life is so much easier for everyone else I'm doing all the same things why is everyone so freaking happy all the time? Like yeah. some of this stuff, is just this, like I don't find the joy that other people find. And of course that then brings you to what's wrong with me. Right. And so despite all my successes growing up, um, you know, I always just felt like I was different. Like I was a little, didn't fit in, right? A little, I would almost say dissociated from this effortless, way that I felt. And that's the thing. I was, you know, obviously making an assumption yeah. and not recognizing that everyone else had their own struggles. I was seeing it as something that solely belonged to me. yeah. And in a way it became isolating versus what, you know, engaging and yeah. sharing in the experiences of growing up.
1: I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but I know you have a daughter. Yes. So how does that in today's world do you think we're any closer to do kids know do the kids know these days that everybody has their struggles
0: great question (laughs) and i have and so i don't think so and so that's like the biggest thing, I think, is just normalizing that life is hard, right? Yes. It isn't like everyone has their own struggles. Everyone sees the world in their own unique vo- viewpoint, their own unique perspective, right? And especially yeah. when you're younger. And, you know, so let's face it, when you're younger, the world, like you are the center of the world and everything revolves around you. Right. You know, you learn those lessons later in life. But, you know, that also means that kind of the struggles are you and I think a lot of times it's just being able to talk about it and I even see in my own daughter um, and so she's 13 now and so kind of like that prime age oh, for yes. like all that <laughs> conflicting right all
1: the confusion and yeah. the hormones and yeah all of those things going on yeah
0: and she is an incredibly bright individual she excels at school she cares deeply she's artistic she's creative. she has so many strengths but she lacks confidence. And I, what was interesting and actually a big piece of my own kind of transformation was I would be like almost frustrated, like, like, why do you not see it? Like, I don't understand. And what I finally learned is usually things that I don't want to say like bother as if she annoyed me about it, but things that kind of cause us to think or, I mean, bother, right? Us about other people. Mm-hmm. Usually it's, you know, it's something that bothers us about, about ourselves. ourselves. Yes. <laughs> and I don't honestly think there's any better way to learn that than having children. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, there's times I look at her and I'm like, you are know, like, oh, I can be annoying. <laughs> I love her to death, of course, yes, so. Of course.
1: Well, I think that that is also something that we need to normalize is that parents, you know, Yes you love your children dearly but they can be really annoying yes. to you <laughs> yes <as well. laughs> yeah
0: yeah and i mean just the kind of having the strength to then take that and say like well what what it why is this annoying me but almost kind of reflect back inwardly yeah because that's the biggest thing and you know i i would consider myself um, and i say this lovingly but a bit of a control freak right a perfectionist and For as much as I thought I had control of everything around me, like I was actually, I had no control, like my life was controlling me. And I had this view or this idea that I was kind of the victim of my own life circumstances versus being proud of the decisions I'd made or owning the responsibility of the decisions I made, but recognizing that the strengths, right? That it's regardless of how difficult times were, like I always saw my way through and I think that um, is a big piece. And so I had mentioned um, a few, you know, talking to women, another thing that I have noticed, and this was a big piece of myself as well, but another question I love to ask women, and I mean, I've talked to hundreds of women, right? And one of the questions is, what are your strengths? What are unique talents, skills? Um, Like, what are the resources you have, you possess, that are yours, that see you through? And 90% of women literally can't think of anything. And that actually, to be quite honest, was one of my biggest motivators because we all have gifts. We all have strengths. We all have things that we're naturally inclined to do that fire us up. But when we don't take the moment to kind of recognize, identify and embrace those, there's, it's no wonder so many of us feel lost and like we're wandering with, with no point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so, so true. And it, it boils down to, you know, we don't recognize our strengths. I think part of it from what I have seen and what I have, uh, you know, I've talked to a number of people for the podcast, but just in life in general, it seems like we have been conditioned to be a certain type of person, everyone. yes, And it's why we don't really see that other people are struggling Mm -hmm. like we are, because Mm -hmm. we think, oh, they're doing it, they're getting it right, they're doing, they're they're the person that we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that sort of, conditions us to not recognize that we are individuals exactly and it's also hard one of the things that I have focused on is wins um, yes Is really being able to name your wins and sometimes wins come from reframing something that yes. wasn't very pleasant <laughs> yes and so being able to recognize that is very similar to the not being able to recognize your strengths exactly as not being able to see that bad things that happen to you rather than making you a victim are things that you can reframe as lessons learned and now I'm a stronger person.
0: Exactly, because if we really think about it, I mean, we're all still here, right? Like you've had struggles throughout your entire life, I've had struggles throughout my entire life, but look at us, we are beautiful, (laughs) we're having a wonderful conversation. Despite those struggles, it's like we're here, we're thriving, like we are, we have ambition, we have drive and we're motivated to make a difference in this world. Yeah. And when, I mean, I'm still, will look back sometimes at my life and I see it as a series of struggles. Sometimes I look at my life and I see it as a series of victories, right? Right. And it's like, why it's the same life. It's almost like the same movie. I'm looking at it, but we, you know, how many of times have you been in a movie theater? You're crying. The person (laughs) sitting next to you is completely unaffected. It's the exact same thing. It's just the lens that we're viewing our, you know, kind of our own movie in that dictates that current... Reality and our ability to acknowledge either the strengths or only see the failures.
1: Yeah How then so this is how you felt growing up. What how did the moves all those multiple moves add to that or? Do you think they helped create that feeling or was it just another piece?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question and I think For me, like, I never necessarily, like, especially, so the moves kind of happened, like, obviously the one where I was, like, less than two, like, you know, kind of whatever. But it was, like, after second grade, um, after sixth grade, in the middle of eighth grade. And so there was, like, a lot of these kind of pivotal times. I honestly think one of the biggest things, it's I never kind of, established who I was as a person. And because I was always looking at how easy I thought everyone else, you know, it was for everything, right? And for me, I spent too much time trying to, I don't wanna say emulate, like I'm definitely a very strong world and I'm not afraid to go against the current in any regard, but I spent too much time defining like what I should be doing, how I should be feeling based on how I perceived others to which of course we all know what happens when you make an assumption right right? so (laughs) so it's like there was all these different kind of visions that i had that to be honest i was making up about how i thought other people were or anything but then moving kind of gave it a pass right well i am new or you know these people have known each other since they were in kindergarten or things like that so there was excuses i made to kind of be able to perpetuate. And it was almost like I feel like I went through a lot of my childhood a little dissociated. Like I don't necessarily look back on any particular time. Like people sometimes very fondly like recall their high school experiences. Yeah. I had a good time in high school. Like I actually graduated. I was like sixth and like out of 600 people. I was wow. incredibly smart. Yeah. Like I, you know, I was on the tennis team. I I was involved in church. There were so many things. But I don't even look back now, even as aware as I am, and I'm not, like, I I don't have those like Friday night light stories where I'm just like, like, oh my gosh, yeah, like it was the best time of my life. Like, like it was a time and, you know, I'm grateful for it. But now the biggest difference is I don't think there's anything wrong. Like I accepted my experience. And um, I can also tell you, so when I went to college, I think a lot of kind of how I acted like in high school and college, my my parents, my mother was very strict. And a lot of it, I almost chose to rebel versus like focus on what I cared about, right? And so a lot of the decisions I made just like oh would she hate this yes let me do it (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) um and i will tell you so then we mentioned that i had a daughter and so i actually um i had my daughter in college and so if you can consider someone that up into college had already thought life was harder for her. Like, <laughs> let me tell you, like-, like Let's collecting. have a baby yeah. in the midst of this. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I got pregnant. I was, it was either the end of my sophomore or early junior year. I had actually just turned 21. And so I had my daughter, I had just turned 22 um, when I had, and like um, like most kind of of these stories, like shocker, like we didn't make it, her, her dad and I, yeah. and- um, you know it was it changed the course of my life for for the better but when you take a you know a young person that didn't feel like she knew who she was now basically have her responsible and single-handedly um, unfortunately my daughter has really completely been abandoned by her father and no. um, I mean working through it right but uh, it, it was very much just me like, Beyond a doubt, like, uh, he was actually overseas for, like, between when she was two to four. Okay. At the same time, my parents were in China. And so, you know, I'm a 23, 24-year-old alone with the baby. With no
1: resources. No
0: resources. I'm trying to start my young professional career. I don't know who I am. I think life is harder for me. And I have the biggest kind of evidence to prove it at this point, right? And, um, And so it was always just a constant struggle and it was you know i was living paycheck to paycheck and um we actually were living in santa barbara california when my daughter was born i went to university of california santa barbara um beautiful absolutely stunning they call it the american riviera like it is beautiful but also one of the most expensive places to live right and as a young you know kind of like just starting my corporate career it you know it was very much sacrificed paycheck to paycheck a lot of stress like that you know in daycare and financially i was on my own and it was just further embodied my belief that life is meant to be harder for me like there are things Mm -hmm. that you know it's like i have to constantly fight to prove myself i have to constantly fight i was in survival mode like you know a good 10 years like it took a very long time for me to be able to kind of make the amount of money that gave us a cushion and during that time it would you know it was it was so hard and the idea of me as a person and finding out who Michaela was like honestly was irrelevant like yeah cuz it was time i didn't have it was energy i didn't have it was money i didn't have it you know it just I, I didn't have it like I, I couldn't do it
1: we well, were focused on just getting through every single day right? yes
0: yes <laughs> yeah and um, it, I mean it was it was hard and I literally felt like I always had to go one step further do do better than everyone else and I'm naturally a pretty competitive person I'm, I'm an ambitious person and it's crazy because as hard as everything was, like I look back, like in terms of a lot of my life goals, like I really made it. Like I um, I had a goal of being able to, um, I wanted to be a manager and I worked in healthcare, medical device. I wanted to be a manager by the time I was 30, did it. And I was nice. actually the youngest in, like we had an office that supported multi-billion dollars of um, medical device revenue. I was the youngest to ever be, um, promoted into a management position. I saved fifteen years to buy a house and then this wow. was in Orange County. So again very wow. expensive. Yeah. Like I did it. It was a complete fixer upper, but I did it. Like every you know, I was able to I actually it was a renovation project with my dad and I. Um, you know, it's like I, I did it. Like I did it. My daughter, despite her challenges with kind of reconciling whether she's good enough because of abandonment issues. Like we loved each other and well we do. <laughs> that <Yeah. doesn't> <laughs> like that didn't end. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> still love each other. Yeah. But you know, despite all of this, like, you know, we had a really great life. But I think that was like I would say probably one of my bigger moments as well. Because when I reflect back on this, it's like I was checking every box. I was ticking, you know, I, I did it, I made it, I did it, life was hard, like but I did it. Yeah. But I didn't feel accomplished right like I didn't feel like it it still felt harder for me it still felt like despite everything I've accomplished I look around me I have people uh, you know that maybe haven't accomplished as much have accomplished as much have accomplished more but they are happy and I am NOT like why
1: Like most small business owners, you've invested in one or probably many platforms to support your business, but maybe you aren't sure if they're doing what you want them to do, or you don't have the patience or the time to figure it out. You need to spend time doing what you do best, helping your current clients and attracting new ones. I can help. With my new program, The Audit, I'll take a look at your current processes and platforms, such as welcoming new subscribers to your email list, or onboarding new clients for coaching courses or memberships, automations that you can set and forget. I also perform audits on brick and mortar businesses from scheduling to order fulfillment to inventory. Let me save you time and money by reviewing your processes and platforms to find the most cost-effective and efficient way to automate processes that allow you to run your business without reinventing the wheel with every new product or offer. I'll provide a written report with recommendations for optimizing your current platforms, and if appropriate, offer options that would simplify the process or reduce your costs. And you'll have access to me for a month after the audit to ask questions during implementation. Click the link in the show notes to get started today yeah so what was what what was the ultimate disruption yes okay <laughs> right there's like there's right, so got, many there's, yeah. there's so many but what was the ultimate yes. disruption that really tra- changed the trajectory of your mindset yes. and your future
0: yes and um okay so this is actually looking back now it fills me with pride for multiple reasons but before i get Good. into like how I am, I'll, I'll, you know, take a step back. And so at one point after COVID, I made the decision to relocate, you know, Southern California, Orange County was very expensive and the world had basically gone remote, right? We, we, I rarely went into the office. Our team was kind of spread out, et cetera. And so I went in to ask if I could work remote, was told yes got everything scheduled for the move, and then a reorg happened. It was put under someone else, and then he decided that I couldn't work remote, and I lost my job right as I was getting ready to move. Oh, my gosh. And so that, I mean, my identity was tied to that job. My self-worth was tied to that. My everything was tied to that job. Right. I was a Professional. I was a corporate professional, and I was a mother. I wasn't Michaela, right? Like yeah. that. So that was such a big part of me, and um, it it was a very unfair situation. And because of kind of the unfairness, actually, that was recognized across the the company, they gave me another job, which I'm grateful for. But it wasn't really a job I wanted. And it, you know, it's like, well, thanks for kind of humiliating me and right. making me feel like everything I've done over the last 15 years wasn't enough. Um, thanks, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so um, we made the move out here. Obviously that was hard selling my place and everything. And this was, like, kind of gearing up for that move. Like, am I making the right decision? Is this the right thing? Like, I had felt so confident about it. Like, nothing could go wrong. And then it's literally, like, every single thing went wrong, right? Yeah. Because why? Life is just harder for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then in terms of that transformation, like, it was um, my daughter. And so she at one point was like, Mommy, like, why are you – so devastated. Like, why are you mourning this? You haven't been happy for years, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, wow." And this was sixth
1: grade.
0: How old? at the time. And it's like I needed someone else to just like, why are you mourning this identity that all at, like you've just not been lit up about for so long. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, like I saw the consequences of my mindset in my daughter. And then I realized like, oh my gosh, it's like, I want her to know more than anything that she deserves like to make choices, to be happy, to get everything she deserves, to work hard. And here I am, it's like, despite having this success, like I wasn't happy. Like I was creating an example that you can only be successful if you let others dictate your path or if you yeah. you know if you kind of succumb like happiness and success don't necessarily mean the same thing yeah. and honestly like it was just that question and what i realized in that moment it's my operating system right i life is meant to be harder for me i wasn't good enough i constantly have to fight to prove my worth i constantly have to live up to others expectation i constantly have to meet the ideals of others but at some point like i had made it and i was still operating as that you know the the young child the young single mom that had to struggle to survive like My life didn't need to be a struggle. And obviously that's easier said than done, but having the freedom to realize that I can create my own reality. Like my life doesn't have to control me. I can create what I want from conscious choice, from conscious decision, from my own like strengths and what I want to do. I don't like I don't need to meet anyone else's expectations except my own. And that was really my transformative moment that caused me to really look back and I'm like, but what is it that I want? Yeah. And you know, it's like I spent my entire life chasing after, you know, kind of what I thought I should do, but feeling like I didn't have choice, right? It's like having to have money come in, struggling as a young single parent, like. I don't want to completely say you know it's like I, I I did have some choice and some of my own kind of freedom to make take make risk fail some of that yeah. just wasn't necessarily there for me um, in the way right that other young adults can experience it because if I failed like you know it
1: affected a lot more than you yes
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and that so and so then kind of answering why I'm so proud of it it's because. It was my daughter, right? It was like what I try to inspire her to do. And then, you know, it's like at some point I was like, Wow, like like she is so amazing. She gets like it. she gets it, <laughs> yeah. And it's like and for as much as I'm trying to tell her, she's now recognizing that if I'm not gonna believe in myself, right? How am yeah. I ever going to like live this life that I desire to live? And that was a moment that then I was like I am good, like if my sixth grade daughter can have such a profound impact from one single question, like I've done a lot of things right. Like, I'm pretty kick ass. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, can I say that? Yes, of course. (laughs)
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, of course. That's yeah. amazing that you raised this daughter to understand yeah. the importance and recognize that you weren't yeah. living that.
0: Exactly, yeah. And so talk about a mirror, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and so that was really where I took a step back and and when I say I wasn't happy, there were moments where I was engaged or I'm you know, very passionate. Like I'm a very passionate person in general. Yeah. Um And so, you know, it wasn't like I I lived, you know, it's not like I had up until this revelation, I was just some unhappy, you know, individual. I, you know, I had moments of just passion, I had moments of inspiration. And so um, that's really kind of what I did. I took a step back, I'm like, what were it, what was it about? those projects what was going on like what was it about those moments where i was just lit up and inspired and you know when i inspired i will be up at five i will work 14 hours like maybe that's not the best thing but you know when i'm engaged i'm engaged and that was really where i took a step back and i'm like i have so many things that i'm good at like it's just about taking a moment and recognizing them yeah Mm-hmm. and
1: figuring out what you can do with them.
0: Yes. That
1: will light you up.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> I completely understand that that I understand that moment, but to be honest, I'm still learning. I'm still deconditioning from yes. that idea that my strengths are that I don't have this strength, or I don't have yes. that strength, and recognizing where my strengths are. So I, you know, I understand it's an it's a lifelong, yes. and it's a long ongoing, yeah, journey, and I'm really. not perfect at it either yeah. by yeah. any
0: means. And I I honestly think as an entrepreneur, when you're starting out your own company. Um, you know, it's like I had done all this inner work to get to the point where I felt confident in deciding I wanted to coach women. But even the first six months, you know, it was like I felt like I had to take every class. I felt like, you know, there yes. was still these. like You need
1: all these certifications yes. and accolades and yes. things that you can say that,
0: look, this is, yeah, this like, is what I've got. Yeah, like, look, I'm I, certified I matter. this, 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 this. You can trust me. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having this conversation with somebody else. I, I mean, we all go through this like, oh, what if I get, should I get certified in that or should I take that course? Yep. Um, especially when you're in the online world yes. where everybody has a course, everybody has something yep. that you can take and you, and you see the value in it all yes but you know you don't have the time or the yes. money to spend on all of that yes so it's figuring out what is the most important and, exactly and being, and you have to buy all the things first in order to exactly that lesson. right yeah
0: <laughs> exactly like you kind of done that it's, it's like the initiation period to entrepreneurship it is, <laughs> it is. yeah yeah uh, and so that's actually another thing so the strength my top three strengths so if you're okay I'll share them yes with you. Um so really so I have a list of strengths and I love taking that perspective of kind of anchoring in on what I'm good at. I will be honest sometimes I just feel like I'm being too boastful, I'm being too full of myself, like it's like I'm doing something wrong. Other times I can engage fully in the activity, but really when I look back throughout my life, so where I really kind of draw my energy from is I am one of perhaps the most passionate people ever like when I am kicked off and lit up about something like it is my world it is my destination it is my everything is my motivation my inspiration and I want nothing more than you know everyone to know yeah and then I'm creative and I love to problem-solve so I didn't speak much about um, kind of what I did in the corporate world so I spent 15 years I actually started in analytics believe it or not well okay I guess of course, why wouldn't you believe it? <laughs> but uh, I was kind of
1: one that. of those,
0: yeah, Excel spreadsheet freaks, okay, and very logical. And a lot of people are a little bit more rigid in that regard, but for me, I saw it like I saw analytics as the most creative endeavor I could do because I had the ability to create a story. I had the ability to take numbers and create a narrative. And so that really was kind of my intro into, because I honestly went into analytics thinking that, like, okay, it's kind of like whatever, like cut and drop, like, you know, black and white, whatever. But it's the influence that you can gain. It's the kind of the passion to explore. And I would actually, believe it or not, spend more time doing analytics that I never used to support the one thing that I was gonna, you know, kind of like create as the narrative, the story, Gather influence and make strategy. And um, obviously, I think I mentioned I bought a fixture upper, like that was just, oh, like beautiful for me. Like it was hard, but I was so passionate. I was so on fire with it. Um, You know, I got to pick all my colors. And I mean, even looking back, I love working with my hands. I prior to making the investment, buying my house, I, you know, I would. I would refurbish everything. I was that person that would see like a chair on the side of the road. I would take it and create something completely different about you know, just. Oh, I admire that so much. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and you know, it was just, and even honestly, like just the, I think a lot of the reasons why I was able to still give my daughter so much was because I was creative, right? Because I was able to provide experiences that were outside the box that, you know, and I was able to yeah. inspire that piece. And so, you know, here I have, I'm so passionate, I'm creative, but then um, one of the other things is I spent, so I worked in the um, hospital space um, for, and I supported breast cancer patients. And the projects that I just, Immersed myself in fully were those that were seeking to understand that although The product I supported was such a small piece of her journey like it was almost irrelevant to the broader Just kind of struggle that a woman with breast cancer goes through and I was lucky to have a product that provided kind of a Meaningful way to move beyond but it was such a small piece in terms of her and that was really the introduction into learning the importance of it like beyond kind of physical right but the mental emotional the spiritual connection and being able to motivate people through a time where it seems like just everything has gone wrong right i'm fighting for my life now but to be able to find ways to be able to motivate these women beyond what my you know core product did And the other piece, too, is, um, you know, so I worked there for 15 years. And really the last five years, I had so many mentees under me. And it was just a joy. And it was something that honestly did more for me than them because so many struggles that I had, they were having. And now I kind of had the benefit of experience, right, and the broader perspective. And I got to the point there was about four or five individuals i was um, mentoring on an ongoing basis for years and so that was the piece like i am one i am a motivator like i like to inspire other people i like for other people to feel like Mm -hmm. their potential is limitless and i like other people to feel deserving and it lights me up and so that was really although it sometimes easy, sometimes hard process to get to those, that was in what ultimately inspired me to open my coaching business is because I know that everyone has the capacity to just wake up with effortless enthusiasm, no matter what it is for them, right? They have the ability to live the most vibrant version of their life. And I spent too many years feeling like it was a truth, that life had to be lackluster. Like it was yeah. meant to be lackluster. More wasn't achievable. You know, like there were some people that had it, some people but that didn't. But in the end, it's all about believing in yourself and leveraging those things that light you up to create a, like take that vision and create a tangible and re, like real everyday life.
1: Wow, that's so inspiring michaela
0: (laughs) well good it's my
1: strength (laughs) it's your strength it is it's really a beautiful um, story and yes helping people believe that they can just live this really uh, beautiful life yes and and enjoy enjoy themselves yes and and however
0: their vision of you know happiness of health of whatever the word that resonates for them like you have your unique idea of how you want your life to be. It doesn't, it's not mine, it's not yours, it's not anybody else's. So let's focus on that. Like, and so we, you know, kind of go deep. We identify those gaps that are really preventing them from taking that vision out of their head and, and into reality and we go from there. So it's incredibly rewarding. And honestly, I, I never thought I could make such an impact on women's lives. And that is just in my mind, like, worth it, right? It's, it was worth all yeah. of those classes, all of those yeah. courses, like, to know, like, you are making a difference. And, yeah. and then the ripple that's there.
1: The ripple effect is tremendous. To, to start with, I mean, it's going back to that idea of normalizing mm-hmm. that everybody yes. has struggle, mm-hmm. and their struggles may not be exactly the same, but they've seen struggle in their business or in their life, and they can move beyond that part what would you say was the hardest part about being a single mom and being a career woman
0: i think it was recognizing like those are both all consuming roles to play in life and because i didn't have faith or belief that like in who i was i think the hardest thing for me personally was that I felt like who I was, what I wanted, like what my vision was, was honestly didn't matter because I had to, like, I had to kind of climb the ladder. I had to be a good mom, like whatever I want, what I deserved, what, you know, I should feel, it didn't matter. And I think that was the piece where, I mean, if I had, if I went back now and obviously when you're struggling with money financially and, like, with the time. And so, you know, obviously there would have been um, a different aspect of how I could have played that. But I'm creative, yes. so it would have worked. But if, I think if I had just honored, like, who I was as an individual and still, you know, it's like even when you're looking at kind of... Being a single mom is incredibly isolating. And so I was already kind of an isolated individual, right? Yeah, It's like having your kid in college, you know, it's like... <laughs> You can't necessarily you can't do anything that kind of takes you out of the fray, more so than that. But then there you know, it was a struggle to find I don't want to say joy in that, but to say like, okay, instead of watching TV, I could, you know, what does it matter? I could do a coloring book, I could listen to a podcast, I could do something that lights me up in a way where I was making the effort to honor myself, and I think once you get so just encapsulated in an identity whether it's professional, whether it's an entrepreneur, one you know, parent, combination of them all it, it's very hard to still honor that kind of the larger picture because those are all an aspect of the you, but you can't pour from an empty cup, and mm-hmm. that was the thing that I think was the hardest piece and obviously being 22 right it's like those are lessons that I think other journeys still you know don't learn it's like more yeah. of like their <laughs> mid-adult life and so you know just feeling like I didn't have a choice I didn't have an option I think was very difficult yeah and and that just kind of perpetuated that feeling like I was a victim of circumstance like the everything i do isn't because of an intentional action it's because i have to survive right and looking back it's you know it's like i'm so proud of what i was able to do and i'm proud that despite it all right despite tremendous tru- struggles like my daughter is amazing yeah. like her and i's connection is just unreal and Whereas I wanted to be an example for her, like she's an example for me in a way as well. And that that's just something that I never envisioned or could never, I never saw that as even, you know, something that was going to happen. But just that mutual kind of inspiration that we provide for each other.
1: Yeah. Well, that was something that I wanted to ask is... You know, something that has been a through line in all of the conversations that I've had is that in order to get through a disruption, an identity crisis, and, and make those changes, that we really need a connection to somebody yes. else. And it sounds like she's really been that connection yes. for you, Yes. which is awesome.
0: Yeah, and I, I will say, like, because, I mean, it was it's just been her and I, and so, there you know, there's things that I, you know, now now that she's 13 and kind of trying to inspire her independence there's things i look back and i'm like did i make her too dependent on me because i had no one else. like there's other there's things that (laughs) there's other things exactly that i can think about but the difference between me thinking about that now versus if i were to be when i was going through kind of in that life life sucks i can never be happy stage it's now it's like yeah there's always different change like there's always different things that could happen but that doesn't matter because we are perfect as we are now and everything has happened for a reason and we have you know we have grown together we have you know
1: (laughs) yeah yeah now when she asked you that momentous question yes <clears throat> did you end up going through any kind of counseling did you do this sort of mindset work all on your own taking yeah. other courses so, so tell great me about question. that process
0: um okay so for one so i have i've had therapy in the past so i have struggled from depression um very many times throughout my life um and so i'm a believer in therapy i actually have my daughter goes to therapy to deal with kind of her issues with her dad and the impact on confidence, and that in and of itself, I think is a strength that I can take kind of credit for. <laughs> but it's like yeah. I recognize that I hold my own baggage because in the end, I was abandoned too. You know, yeah. like yeah. I didn't necessarily think having you know a kid would in college would end up as it did as well. And I just wasn't the best person to support her in it because. It it was it was a very painful experience for me as well. Yeah. Um, but that being said, so um, so she she's in therapy to support her in a way that I felt like I basically felt like my support she still couldn't necessarily because she loved her dad. Well, she still loves her dad, but recognizing that he's not the person that she deserves, mm-hmm. but she felt guilty with me because she knew deep down that I was completely disappointed as well. But anyways, that's kind of, um, yeah. that's been her journey. But then for me, so my biggest moment was I actually did a group coaching program. And it was um, four women and we had, there was, there was three of us in, in the group. It was a group co- coaching. We'd all had history of depression, but I wouldn't say any of us were in like a depressive episode at the moment, mm-hmm. um, so to say. And I had never done coaching before. And so we, I did this program. And what it did is it it just it awareness, right? Me being aware of myself And honestly, it's like, you can say that, but until you take the time to do it, and it's not necessarily something that's so easy to do to kind of be aware, but that was my introduction to coaching. And the cool thing about it, I think it was like a 12 week program we met. I want to say it was every other week. Maybe it was even weekly, to be honest, this was years ago. but then the three of us, we actually continued to meet after the group session, and we got um, like we got women's journaling books, we, you know, things such as that, and we did did these journals and stuff on our own, and then we discuss it because we found so much value in having that safe space, and the idea of a safe space was kind of unheard of to me. Like I'm, like I'm. You know, like a passionate. I'm an emotional person, but anything that's kind of a vulnerability of myself, it's like sealed door.
1: Right. Like, like,
0: <laughs> like you have to like like you really yeah you have to real like I have to really love you like to kind of open up. And a lot of it was because you know it's like I saw vulnerabilities as failures, right? Mm-hmm but that having that safe space with those women and we were all um like in different stages of our life as well you know like i actually think i was the oldest and then um there was a um, an individual like she was pregnant and then there was this like single and um working in law enforcement and so oh, wow. yeah it so was very
1: different coming in with yes. different experiences mm-hmm. and being able to be vulnerable in that space mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's really amazing.
0: Yeah, and I mean that, it just, it taught me the importance of it's like, I have to look inward before I can look outward. And until I'm confident with who I am, until I'm aware of when I'm feeling certain ways, and this is actually like a big thing I work on with my daughter as well. And so, you know, she's so wonderful in so many regards, but everything makes her nervous, right? But it's like nervousness and excitement Feel the same way in our body, right? Yeah. It's like the, you know, kind of the butterflies in the right. stomach, maybe the quicken, like breath rate, the heart rate, for the physical symptoms. So to say, the physical manifestation of nervousness and excitement, it's it, it's kind of like the same. And so yeah. for her, she's always nervous. I'm like, but are you really nervous, or are you excited? And she's like, well, how am I supposed to know? And I'm like, like, well, are you looking forward to this? Well, yeah, so it's okay to be nervous, but you can also be excited too. Well, yeah, I guess you're right, but I'm still nervous. But there's room for both. Right? <laughs> and being able to just have an awareness that kind of that the most, the feeling that you feel and acknowledge most often is always going to be what you feel first. And so if you're constantly feeling like, you're not good enough, if you're constantly feeling like you're nervous, if you're constantly feeling anxious, anxious, yes, there are incredible reasons, you know, and that's completely valid, but also it crowds out room for more positive interpretations. And that was like, I think, from coaching, what I learned is that I create my reality. I can feel down, I can feel discouraged, but I can also feel... Like, it's not an or, it's yes. an and. <laughs> oh,
1: that's really great. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that the women that you are working with really appreciate Where you're coming from and the value that you have to share in your experience. I love that so much. Yes, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) well we didn't actually mention this before but your business is called Ready Now Mindset. Yes, Ready
0: Now Mindset. And so
1: where can people find you on the internet?
0: So I have a website www.readynowmindset.com. I'm on most of the social channels and then I also, um, just given the importance of identifying and embracing strengths, I have a free resource for anyone um, that really wants to kind of dig into this process of being able to identify and recognize and believe in their own strengths and they can find that at www.readynowmindset.com slash
1: strengths. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I will put all of that in the show notes Thank so you. that people have easy access. <laughs> yeah. I love the um, the strength uh, yes. activity because I think that that is a great one for people to begin if they yes. um, aren't really sure how to start with maybe working on that mindset change
0: anything honestly (laughs) yeah yeah well thank you so much for being here today i love the conversation Yeah, thank you i've had so much fun
1: thank you for listening i know there are many podcasts you can spend your precious time with and i'm grateful you came here today You can connect with Michaela on her website, ReadyNowMindset.com, or on Instagram at ReadyNowMindset underscore. You can find me on social media at Larson, or at my website, Sarah-Larson.com. That's Sarah with an H and Larson with an E. Links for both of us can be found in the show notes. The number one way that people find podcasts is through the recommendation of a friend. If you liked this episode, take a screenshot and send it to someone you think will enjoy it, or share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can give you a shout out. A great way to say thank you is to leave a five-star rating, or even better, leave a review with your impressions of the podcast. My desire is that as many people as possible will be inspired by the stories shared here, and your support helps spread the word. Thank you, friends. See you next time.